Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer coming to you live from Livingston, Montana, uh, here with all of your Oregon news. <laughs> That's a funny thing we do here. Um, yeah, we had some, a couple coming on uh, to talk about some issues of racism, and we are not, they're not coming on. I can't find them, so that'll be coming up a little bit later, I, I would estimate. Um, we'll talk more about that later, but I guess all of you probably heard uh, by now um, that the uh, Oregon Health Authority has lifted um, or is promising or not promising is saying um, either we get down to 400 people in the hospital in Oregon with COVID or um, we get to March 31st and the indoor mandates for schools and public places will be done away with. But that may not be the whole case. Uh, there could be some other things to that. And so we want to be very careful because we get when we get too excited, um, because we understand a lot of people are thinking this is just like dangling a carrot and letting us know how um, how in control of uh, our lives that they think they are. Um, it's a it's a crazy little thing. But anyway, um, Bill London's going to explain a little bit more about that in the news tonight. We're also going to talk with a local woman who. Um, got her tooth fixed by our doctor. So uh, we'll see what happens like that. With that, it was a really cool story. And then we're gonna get a reaction from Free Oregon on this uh, little move by the state of Oregon. I would love to hear what you guys think. Just write your comments on here and let me know what you think. Because do you think, I mean, it is so weird for me because I live in Montana and to sit here and nobody even talks about masks. So it's not even a deal. Um, you know, and, and no one is have signs on their windows anymore. Um, no one's doing this. And so it's kind of weird to be here and then watching what's going on in Oregon. It's where it's still such a big deal and remembering how that felt. And I'm so glad that I'm not living through that. And I'm so sorry that you folks are. Let's check in with Bill and come back. And I'd love to hear more like Dennis just did to share this on your page right now. Uh, so people can have this conversation um, and let's uh, find out. I'm going to roll the news open and we'll go from there. Oh, our show tonight is sponsored by Chris Daniel Family Dentistry, where everyone is welcome. And also sponsored by uh, Buck Sanitary Service, where they believe everyone should have a voice, whether they agree with it or not. All right, here we go. Who puts up with this? That's what I don't understand. Bring the lion out. Um, tonight on our show, we're going to have... Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun that you get to comment on the news? Yeah, there's a cost. Oh yeah, there's a cost. People come after you. Like, I think that's why this is so much fun is because... We'll see you at five. Good evening from the News Radio, 1120 AM and 93.7 FM, KPNW Studios. I'm Bill London, host of The Wake Up Call, 6 AM to 9 AM, Monday through Friday on KPNW, streaming at KPNW.com. And I was just looking at today's stack of news, and it could be best summed up like this. Let's get to it. So today, the Oregon Health Authority filed the paperwork to make the indoor mask mandates permanent. Now, the new rule would replace a temporary rule that expires tomorrow. The filing, according to the OHA, was the only way that health officials could extend the current temporary mask rule past its expiration date and until mask rules would no longer be needed to reduce the transmission of COVID. 
Well, not true. They could have extended a temporary rule for six months. The reason they couldn't is because they didn't hold hearings on it, only on a permanent mandate. So the OHA chose not to extend the temporary mandate by simply holding no hearings. The OHA claims they will lift the indoor mask requirements no later than March 31st. So you might be asking, well, why didn't the OHA simply apply for a temporary extension? Well, there is a reason. Because if you actually read the Oregon Administrative Rule, it includes this gem in Section 2. The requirements in this rule remain in effect unless the state public health director or state public health officer issues an order stating that some or all requirements in this rule are no longer necessary to control COVID-19. If such an order is issued by the Oregon Health Authority, they must provide notice to the interested parties and otherwise take reasonable steps to ensure notice of the order is provided to those affected by this rule in accordance with ORS 183.335. Here comes the caveat. The state public health director or state public health officer may also rescind such an order and such a rescission must also be noticed as provided in this section. So in other words, they can keep this as long as they want. And on March 31st, they say, okay, no requirement. At any point, they can rescind the rescension. So they have the power going forward to at any time enact a mask mandate. That's why they didn't want it to be temporary. Secretary of State Shamia Fagan is trying to stop election activists who want to regulate campaign contributions in Oregon. Oregon is one of just five states that has absolutely none. Honest Elections Oregon is sponsoring three similar ballot initiatives, 43, 44, and 45. And they would cap contributions to candidates for statewide office at $2,000 from individuals, $50,000 from political parties, among other limits. Now, Fagan's chief legal counsel, Pete, K. Runkles Pearson. Runkles Pearson. Wasn't he the guy that woke up after 30 years and was like, oh, I've been asleep. Anyway, he wrote to Honest Elections organizers saying Fagan planned to reject the initiatives because it did not include the, include the full text of Oregon laws that would change. Jason Kafuri of the group says Fagan's decision is unsupported by both precedent and practice and essentially will prevent the measures from making it onto the ballot this year. Hmm. Honest Elections Oregon would have to gather 112,020 signatures by July 8th to qualify the measures. But, of course, Shamia Fagan isn't going to allow that to happen. Public hearing is going to be tomorrow in the legislature for in the House Human Services Committee on House Bill 4079. That is the 3% sales tax on a variety of items to fund $750 monthly debit cards to the homeless and people under what's considered to be the poverty level here in Oregon, which is way above what's considered to be the federal poverty level. The sales tax would hit a number of items like electronics, goods, computers, cell phones, handbags, jewelry, rifles, guns, and other clothing. There is a discussion that the original sales tax language may change 
to only high-priced items, but things like RVs, snowmobiles, skidoos, all that stuff, they're going to be a part of it. So, also up for discussion in the Oregon legislature is Senate Bill 1510, sponsored by none other than Senator Floyd Prozonsky, the Democrat from Eugene. And it will change the way, once it passes, the way law enforcement is able to do traffic stops, whether they can even do them or not, as well as change the state's parole and probation policies and give $10 million to a Portland nonprofit. We'll get to that in a second. So they tried to do this back in 2021, and Oregon lawmakers tried to pass a wide-ranging anti-police bill that they said would reduce traumatic interactions between police and people of color. So a stripped-down version of that proposal is here. That is Senate Bill 1510. Once again, it is being opposed by law enforcement officers because it would ex they would experience new constraints on who and how they could pull over motorists and search vehicles. The bill is pretty wide-ranging, containing changes that would not only govern traffic stops, but also change the state's parole and probation policies and dole out millions aimed at steering social services to people of color. The overall intent, according to supporters, is helping communities disproportionately impacted by the criminal justice system. So here's what it would do. A police officer could no longer pull you over because you have non-working taillights, headlight, brake light, or license plate light. Those violations would be subject to a ticket, but only if a police officer pulled you over for something else. And the bill also requires officers to inform you that you have the right to decline a search of your vehicle and to obtain written or recorded documentation that the driver consented to a search. State law, police unions, police chiefs, and sheriffs, DAs, all propose the provisions. Law enforcement groups say that officers play an important safety role in alerting motorists when their lights aren't working. They say by taking away the ability for police to pull over drivers for burnout lights, they will imperil other motorists. Yeah, I have been pulled over in my driving career about three times because of brake light, blinker, or a headlight was out. And while generally I notice the headlights, you don't always know that your brake lights or brake light is out. It is a matter of safety, and it's something that saves lives. But Senator Floyd Prozonsky, sponsor of the bill, says the legislation would carve out for situations that are truly dangerous since he says police would be able to pull drivers over under a law against driving vehicles in an unsafe condition. But again, the bar is high on that. Some of the other things that it would do is bring parole and probation policies in ensuring that people who are otherwise allowed to use legal substances while under supervision could use pot. And it would also require the State Department of Corrections to establish new rules limiting when a parole or probation officer could actually visit a person at work, you know, to make sure they're actually going to work, and create more leeway for people to report simply by a video conference. SB 1510 is going to be getting a work session this week. And the other thing that it does is it gives $10 million to a Portland nonprofit in a no-bid contract to disseminate for justice reinvestment equity grants 
to culturally specific organizations? Well, somebody is still rolling in the dough, and that would be former Oregon Senator Betsy Johnson, who's running for governor as an unaffiliated candidate. Phil Knight just gave her a $250,000 contribution. She now has a campaign war chest of $3.5 million, putting her far ahead of every other candidate in the governor's race in terms of fundraising. So Sandy Mayor Stan Pulliam apparently felt he had some explaining to do. He was a leading candidate for the Republican nomination for governor. And, well, things started going around in political circles, namely a 2016 screenshot from a page titled Swinger Facebook Group PDX. And, speaking to the Willamette Week over the weekend, Pulliam said that he and his wife, Mackenzie, quote, explored relationships, mutual relationships with other couples for a brief time before ultimately deciding it wasn't for us, which is a nice way of saying we used to swing. The screenshot shows four pictures of the couple and includes a note saying he was happy to be a part of the group. Pulliam repeatedly declined to specify when the mutual relationships began or ended, but he did say 2016 was an accurate date and their participation ended well before he began running for governor. He said, I think people can relate from all different parts of the state who've been involved in marriages. There are different stages of marriage and different ebbs and flows. This is something that was for a brief period in our past and is in the past. There is also an online photo of him at the Portland Erotic Ball in 2011. That's also being circulated by people apparently trying to discredit him. And it, according to Pulliam, preceded their uh, experimentation in the other lifestyle. Pulliam says that the information that's being disseminated with that screenshot is misleading and contains two false allegations. One of the false allegations, he says, is that, well, the allegation is that he's bisexual. He denies that. The second is that he's aligned himself with anti-LGBTQ, RSQP groups in the campaign. He also denies that. Whether this is going to have an effect on the Republican primary, well, Pulliam says this. He says his past sexual activity is consistent with the values on which he's built his campaign. He says, in Oregon, we really cherish values of individuality and liberty. Okay. Well, that was an interesting newscast. And now, if it's possible, we're going to ask Rick to come on screen and try to get real I don't know, can you get real where there is no reality or where the only reality is surreality? I don't know, Rick. You got your hands full getting real tonight. <laughs> Bill, I got to tell you, you kind of shocked me with the stand story. I haven't heard that one yet. I guess I haven't been online today, but whoops. Um, you know, I'll tell you, if your stuff isn't clean, they will find it. That's, and, you know, not, not excusing what they allegedly did. But um, I'll tell you what, those those people who want to get you, they will find, they will search and find whatever they can to find to get you. Um, and it's a sad state of affairs um, that that happens. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, um, earlier today, um, after I heard about the, uh, the, the governor and her magic scepter um, allowing um, through her OHA, they are the OHA is the magic scepter that she uses to do what she wants in Oregon. Um, I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to call Ben Idle over at Free Oregon and find out what he thinks. And, you know, because of the world we live in and because censorship is a big part of that world, um, I did caution him. I love Ben. He's a good guy. Uh, I cautioned him to say, please don't say, you know, certain things because the social media, I, you know, this is where I work. I can't be pulled off here. And um, so as we're talking, we're having this conversation, he kind of throws something in about the efficiency, the, the effectiveness of the mask. And we can't talk about that because the social media gods do not allow that. So I, for the first time ever, had to actually go into this little pre-taped interview and censor it. I had to edit it because that's the world, the fucking world we live in. I had to censor something someone said. I had to cut it out for fear that they will cut me off of here. And this is America. We live in the United States of America where that should be unacceptable to every single person out there watching this show. Every one of you, I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican or where you stand on the political line, that should scare the shit out of you. This is turning into China and Russia, where we can't even do our jobs. We can't even have a complicated conversation because, um, because you'll, you'll take away the platform that we have to operate on. And then our audience, shame on you, shame on you. And if you have an excuse for that, I would love to hear it. I'd love to have a naysayer out there Come on and write me a message and tell me how you think that's okay, why you think that's okay, and how you can even sit there and think that's okay. Because, you know, here's the deal. Someday it's going to happen to you. Uh -huh, it will. Someday you're going to be on the censorship end and you're going to find out exactly how this feels. And so I've had people actually come on here and say, this doesn't happen. This doesn't happen. It, 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 you guys are just, you're making up conspiracy theories. No, it happens. And so to protect my livelihood, I had to go in and cut something out of this. But that's what it is. And I thought I'd just tell you so you would know. So here's my interview with Ben, and we'll be back with some more. So hang on. So I'm sure many of you saw the news today on ours, on our feeds. Uh, Bill London's talking about it, um, and people are kind of excited because uh, OHA today said that, um, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was that uh, the, the mandates for masks indoors uh, would, would be lifted by March 31st. Um, and so that's, people are getting all excited. Bill and I were chatting online, and uh, he said, what people forget, though, is that these are permanent mandates and they can reinstate that anytime they want. And um, I think that's something you need to think about as an Oregonian. So I thought, you know, let's talk to Free Oregon and Ben Idle over there. So uh, you're obviously, I've seen you online talking about this. And um, <laughs> I saw an email that you're going to have to temper for Facebook. <laughs> yeah. What are you yeah, guys within the free speech rules? Yeah, we, because we live in a country with free speech, but we really don't have it unless, um, and then people come on and say, no, Rick, it's not about free speech. But I say to them, have you ever been canceled before? 
and had to watch so carefully what you say. No, then you don't know what the hell you're talking about. But anyway, you and I are talking about, so when you saw this announcement today, what were your thoughts? It's been a long day. I'll just tell you that right now. We, we, we heard that we, we actually had an insider um, that works for the executive branch uh, send us an email that we weren't allowed to, we could save certain contents of the email, but we weren't allowed to share the exact email. But it said that today they were going to announce uh, that they were going to lift the indoor mask mandate for um, for uh, for public spaces, except for for the government. So if you were a government worker, you worked in a government office, you'd have to go, you'd have to wear a mask uh, inside through at least March 31st. Well, we got that early this morning. So we were all very excited. I was very excited. I mean, I just got done with a whole weekend of drama because my middle son had a basketball tournament and the tournament director said they were going to take, they were going to disqualify our team if I didn't put a mask on. So I put a mask on under my chin. I wore it from my ear under my chin and that sufficed. Um, So, so I was able to do that. And when the tournament was over, I took it off and threw it in the garbage and then it was this big drama, right? So this is the kind of thing that everyday Oregonians are dealing with every single day since we've had this mask mandate, right? It's, it's total insa- insanity. So I was personally really excited about the fact that this was going to get lifted today. But then what happened this afternoon is we were forwarded the, the actual um, order from the Oregon Health Authority, which made the mask mandate permanent. And so then Dean Seidlinger came in and went on KGW you know, Dr. Doolittle, and he said that uh, they're going to lift the mandates on March 31st. So I don't know what to make of this. Is this total incompetence or is this absolute trickery? Like, what is this? Well, it, and it, what it feels like from being now an Oregonian living in Montana is that it's the relations, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. It's a puppet string. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, and you, and it's like, we are now going to allow you. We'll lift it. But what, what people have to, that's two months. I counted, I took my calendar out and I went, March 31st, well, that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, that's eight weeks. Um, yeah, it's eight weeks. The question is, why? I mean, what it's, it's, is it, is it still, you know, I, I'm looking at the numbers and I'm not over, overly, you know, fearful of that. And other states all around you are not doing this. 85% of Americans are not wearing masks. They're not forced to wear masks. 85%. Um, Oregon is odd. It's weird. And I think masks have become a political symbol. And it's a symbol to your allegiance to this mass psychosis, to this uh, far radical left um, demagogue, demagoguery that we're all having to live with. And they want you to wear this symbol. That's why I can put it on under my chin. And that's suffice. So it's... You know, so what do you guys, and now we also, you and I, and I saw on your page and I saw on other pages online that um, tomorrow, because the original, the mask thing was supposed to happen on the 8th. So a lot of students and teachers are are actually going to be doing, holding rallies all over from Salem to all kinds of places uh, yes. tomorrow. And, and they are saying they're not going to put them back on. Yeah, there's going to be kids across the state showing up and not wearing a mask and taking a stand for their liberty, their God-given liberty. Uh, and what is supposedly protected liberty. All right. Hey, Ben, thanks for taking the time to come on and talk to me. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks, again, man. you guys, Free Oregon, you can find them uh, on, on Facebook and uh, out there in the community doing it. So hang in there, everybody. It's going to, it's going to get, it's going to get better, right, Ben?
I hope so. It gets better when you leave the, the state, though, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Thank you. Perfect. Didn't that guy right next to me look like me? He's got the gray hair and stuff. Nice looking dude. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So students um, all over the state, um, I've been getting notices that they're going to be walking out or, and doing a rally tomorrow. And uh, according to what I'm seeing, they're not wearing their masks again after that. You kind of wonder, why doesn't the governor just, um, you know, end this thing? Um, you know, I, I can't, I do not understand. And I guess at some point, you know, you just have to kind of figure it out. Um, <laughs> I almost said something I shouldn't. It is the weirdest thing to sit here and, and, and rethink what I'm going to say because I can't. I can't risk losing what's going on here. So um, let's let's switch gears a little bit here. Um, uh, one of our sponsors, of course, is Dr. Michael Bratlin. And at Christmas time, he came up with a great idea. Um, I had an interview today with um, our winner, and you have to see this. This is such a cool story, and she's such a great lady. So here we go. So I'm sure many of you saw the news today on ours, on our feeds. Uh, Bill London's talking. Back at Christmas time, Dr. Bratlin came to me with a great idea and he said, you know, remember the song, All I Want for Christmas is My New Front Tooth? Well, it was my new front teeth, but he said, let's just do someone out there who needs a new front tooth or something close and I'm just going to do it for free because that's just how Dr. Bratlin is. So anyway, uh, Dr. Bratlin, this is, I want you to meet somebody. This is Sonia Toner. How are you doing, Sonia? I'm well. How are you? So it's good. So you're a regular viewer. I see your name on here all the time. And you came on and you said, Rick, does this work? It's not a front tooth, but I have a tooth that's really bad. And I'm going to show people what that looked like. So here's the tooth and it's back there. And so what is that? That's so that's that's you never had the, the crown put on. No, I didn't. And that tooth was ready to break. A previous dentist had said that I needed to get it taken care of before it broke. And then you had this thing on your show and I'm like, hmm. So what was this like? I mean, having a crown put on is, is not exactly the most fun thing in the whole world because you have people, Dr. Bratlin has you know great hands and he's doing his thing. You're taking a small mouth and you're putting all these people's hands and stuff like that in there. How, how was the process for you? Well, actually, I've, it's not my first first crown I've ever had done. And it was probably the easiest of all the ones I've ever had done. And this tooth is phenomenal. It feels real. Show, show people how to come up close to the camera. So you got to kind of go over to your left. Yeah. So look at that. Uh, there we right. go. All right. right there. Yeah. So yeah. Does, I've had, this is my second crown and it's my only same crown, but the crown that I had done at dentist XYZ um, cracked, <laughs> broke on me because they made too thin of a crown. And so Dr. Bratlin said, Rick, you really, the way you use your mouth, <laughs> I, I don't know how hot air can affect your teeth, but you know, that's what he, he says. We probably need to put something in here that's a little stronger, but does it, um, it doesn't it feel better than your other, I, there's something, I mean, it is really smooth. I don't even have any issues with it. I don't either. And, and like I said earlier, it really feels like a, a real tooth versus another crown that I have in my mouth it feels fake. You know, there's not much there to, you know, have the teeth have the divots in there to help chew up your food. The other crown doesn't have that. But the one that Dr. J did is just it feels real. It doesn't feel like a, a tooth with a crown on it. I love the technology too, because he uses that little gun uh, to make a, a three-dimensional picture of your mouth. So they don't put all that gunk in there 
and do mm-hmm. that. There's that three-dimensional picture of your mouth. And I think that's what makes the difference. And, and then the fact that he cares about it, you know, and, and then you and I both, yeah. people go, Rick, the reason Dr. Bratlin gives you his cell phone is because you're his friend. And he is one of my best friends, but it's like, you have his cell phone too. And every other patient. I do. Takes- <laughs> Don't you think that's weird that he gives that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't give mine out to people like you and me. <laughs> me either. So the experience was really good for you. And now you've got this beautiful tooth that you can it, be in. It was so good that I actually transferred my, all my dental care over to him. So do you find, like for you, do you, did you find that you were starting, because I know people who like, you know, friends who are former meth users and stuff and they have some bad teeth problems. They don't smile as much. I mean, they until that, because they're ashamed of that. And, and it's not like it's your fault. This is just something that went wrong. But do, do you find that you're, you're not afraid to go, you know, like a big old cheese grin or something? Yeah, I'm not, I don't have this dark gray tooth there anymore. <laughs> it, it is really nice, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's very nice. Well, well, he was happy to do it for you. He said you were really kind and it was really fun. And he goes, call, get Sonia on there. I want her to talk because she was really appreciative. So we, you know, we yeah. really wanted to. So thank you for taking time in your lunch hour uh, to talk. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll, maybe I'll run into you because I'm still, even though I live in Montana, my dentist is still Dr. Bratlin because I'm going to come back and uh, do my yes. work with him because I know who he is. And, uh, we, care about that guy a lot. So Sonia, thank you again for, um, first for, you know, joining the contest and second for uh, being such a good patient and transferring over there. Oh yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't have it any other way. (laughs) All right. Sonia, we'll see you later. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. Okay. See you later. Bye. A lot of crowns and we do really good crowns. Um, and it's funny, a patient asked me the other day, is like, how are you giving such cheap crowns? And, and I think they think that maybe I'm having like lesser quality. I have really good quality crowns and we do really good work. And we're, we charge, if you don't have insurance, we charge 998 bucks. So if, let's say you break a tooth and you know you need a crown, you can call us and that's how much you're paying. Um, uh, you're not gonna, we're not gonna charge you all these add-ons. You don't, cr- you don't want a crown that breaks. I don't want stuff from China. Uh, it's a local lab. Uh, they're phenomenal. You're gonna come in the chair, we're not gonna charge you for a limited exam, x-ray, um, a core build up in a crown. We're gonna charge you 998. And to get that 998, you just have to mention that <clears throat> you saw it here on Get Real with Rick Dancer and Dr. Bratlin will make that happen. Again, um, his, all of his crowns are done right here in the Northwest. Uh, they are not sent off to China like a lot of dentists do. And so you do get, I got mine back in four days. So mine broke, I was in, I think the next day. And if yours breaks, he will try to get you in that day, but mine wasn't a bad break. And so I got in and four days later, uh, my crown was back and I had it in there and everything was done. And I said, do I have to come back for another appointment? He goes, no. <laughs> so, so anyway, it was kind of really cool. So you guys know I'm in Montana and my son and my wife and I went to a really fun gun show um, at their uh, fairgrounds the other night. It was really interesting. They had guns from all over the place. And you know, in, in Eugene, there's my wife, she's gonna say something to me. Um, but you know, in Eugene, I go to, I cover gun shows. We have guns here, gun shows and everything like that. And, uh, but it, it was funny because um, Whenever I went to another Eugene, I always felt like, okay, are people watching me? And so in two weeks, I'm going to take the camera back and they're having a furrier show 
<laughs> so I'm going to go to a fur show where there's going to be a bunch of dead animal furs. Could you imagine a fur show in Western Oregon? <laughs> I don't think they'd allow it. I think they'd probably shoot you. Uh, we also went to some other places and I'm going to show you that tomorrow night on our elements, um, uh, elements of a, of a healthy life show uh, with Kim Starr. We're going to be talking about heart health. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the gym, which you can do at, at um, elements health club. And then I'm going to be, give you a little bit of, um, Montana. So we'll show you some stuff that I did in the past and some stuff that Kathy and I did over the weekend. Uh, so that's it for this edition of uh, Get Real with Rick Dancer. Um, make sure your voice is heard. Um, if you're not happy and you don't trust what's going on in Salem, then you need to let people know. Uh, let them uh, understand what it is that you want. And uh, share this around on your page and let other people see um, what's going on. Um, we have to be informed if we want change and we have to use our voice we want them to hear us. Um, even when they censor, we can still work around it. All right. I'm Rick Dancer, live from Livingston, Montana. Have a great night. I'll see you tomorrow.